Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, what's up? My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim, a true crime podcast. After Christmas. Merry after Christmas. I've got, oh, I got like sweaty hands. This is exciting. This. this is a new one for us. This might might take me a moment. Hold on. You got it. Ready? Ready? There it Woo-hoo. is. We got some champagne. Celebrate good times. Shimon. Well, oh. I feel like saying welcome back, but. But what? We didn't really take a break, so. Well, we kind of did. I mean, we were. Ish. But not in, like a fun break. Oh, no. <laughs> No, our life was hell. Oh, our wow. life has been interesting to say the least. Here you go. Here's but I'm having pocket. a glass of champagne and I'm into it. Um, but yeah, it's been like a roller coaster and a half. And oh my God, our life is just all over the place. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But I we feel got, like I need a serious vacay. Oh, yeah. I did before though. True. But our our last week's episode actually was came out on Christmas motherfucking day, was it? Or Christmas Eve? Or Christmas Eve, I think it was. Either way, it was super late, but we managed to get it out for you guys. And this one's on time, so look at us go. Right? So high fucking five. You, you poured yourself these. a lot. I need it. I need it. Okay? Yours is like Cheers. on par with mine. Look at that. It's like the same. I don't know. It seemed like you gave yourself a little extra. Uh, you, you always pour yourself just a little bit extra. Just a little wee bit. Okay, so we have <sighs> Patreons to thank. Yes, we do. We already said... Merry ho ho. We hope you all had a good Christmas. Then we get to talk about the Golden State Killer. Uh, we do, but I just want to point out there there's this Christmas living in a tiny home. People had a little bit of an issue buying stuff for us. Oh, yeah. However, <laughs> they did good though. I got a lot of booze for Christmas. You got a ridiculous amount of booze. I got like so much beer. I got a nice bottle of whiskey. Like, oh, yes. But your favorite thing was like the meat and cheese or something yes. that we got. I got like, we got like some like, <laughs> um, like charcuterie meat and cheese stuff. Like You were into fucking, it. it. I'm like, yes, give me all the meat, all the cheese, all, all the, the bread, beer, and all the booze. Literally, that's your Christmas list going forward. Yes. Every year after yeah. that. Like, boom. Meat, cheese, crackers, bread, and beer. And chocolate milk. Can always do with chocolate. And chocolate. Milk. I got you a giant bag of candy. Oh yeah, that was too. Oh, so delicious. Okay, but that aside. Well, I just have to say, I got no booze. You didn't. Clearly, I'm the alcoholic in the family. <laughs> I actually got super good gifts, so I'm pretty. You did. Pumped. You yeah, did. It was awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's thank our patrons. Let's do it. We've got Katie Atkins, Lydia, Sarah Cannon, and Hannah Cordell. Thank you very much for signing up for Patreon. Um, if you guys. 
want to listen to some Patreon exclusive episodes, we put out uh, a Christmas one all about the history of Krampus. Yeah, it was actually pretty cool. So if you want to hear that one and plus many more, um, head over to our Patreon page and you can uh, get access to those exclusive things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we have some, I have some plans. I have some things I want to start doing in that group. Yeah. So so do I. We we got some cool shit coming up. I'm pumped. And we finally got um, our new platform figured out. There were some bugs going on with that. So we're actually going to be changing over from Anchor here very soon. But you can still listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those sorts of things. Real quick note, actually, you Ooh, can now yes, yes. rate us on Spotify. That's a new feature. Super cool. And last time I checked, we were, how many did we have? I can't remember. Can I find it quickly? How but quickly? on Apple Podcasts, you can go rate and like put a comment in your star yeah. rating and stuff. And on Spotify, you can actually just do a star rating. And most of our listeners are on Spotify. So we haven't really got many ratings over an Apple Podcast. So if you guys want to go over and give us a rating on Spotify, that would mean oh, so much to us. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're at 53 ratings. And we're oh. at 4.9. Yes. Look at that. You guys are Love incredible. It. Thank you for rating us. And thank you for heading on over to do it if you're doing it just now. You guys are incredible. I would love that. So love that. I have something in my eyeball, so this is going to be fun. Yeah, that's your finger. Get it out of there. Okay. Are we ready to rock and roll? I have alcohol. Uh, Yeah, I'm good. That's all I need. So today, we're talking about the Golden State Killer. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. We need to put that on our little soundboard. Actually, yeah. Okay. So also known as the Visalia Ransacker, the East Area Rapist, the original Night Stalker, and Joseph James D'Angelo Jr. when he was finally caught in 2018. That's a lot of pseudonyms. That's a lot of names. Fuck that guy, though. We're going to add more names to his rap sheet here. Absolutely. Like there were more names even, but I was like, that's enough. That's enough. Yeah. So we're going to learn a little bit about Joseph and how it was he got all those names. And it's quite an interesting case. Well, let's hear it. Joseph was born on November 8th, 1945 in Bath, New York. His father was a sergeant in the United States Army. He had two sisters and one brother. It was claimed Joseph was abused by his father growing up. I'm just going to say claimed because it didn't say that in like all the articles I read, but it said them in a few. Okay. And also something to mention, he witnessed his seven-year-old sister get raped by two airmen in a warehouse in West Germany where the family was stationed at the time. That's fucked up. Yeah. So pretty traumatic. Like that would be like, that's real fucked up. Like just awful. Wow. Okay. So as per usual, maybe not the best upbringing and he had some trauma in his childhood. At some point, the family moved to California as that's where Joseph attended high school it was reported that Joseph committed burglaries and tortured and killed animals during his teenage years. Okay, like so many cases start out exactly like this. Mm-hmm. You're talking childhood trauma, and then they move on to uh, vent that trauma or frustration in some sort of way, generally in hurting, harming, or killing animals before they move on to... Experimenting on them, really. Yeah, pretty much. And it's, it's really sad to see that that's such a pattern. Yeah, like I pretty much just described almost every serial killer's upbringing. Yeah, pretty and much. And there's times where I'm like, do I even include that? But I don't know. You kind of have to, too. So I don't know. It's just it's interesting to me because no matter like I'm no, I know it's not like probably intentional, but it's almost like there's so many things 
that are the same in these serial killers upbringing that it's like you're almost making little serial killers. Does that make sense? Unintentionally. I Unintentionally. Will. Yeah. But, it but just, yeah, no, I totally, I totally would know what you mean. That's awful. So in September, Joseph joined the United States Army, where he served for 22 months during the Vietnam War. He then went on to pursue his career as a police officer, attending Sierra College in Rockland, California, and graduating with an associate degree in police science. Then moving on to Sacramento State University in 1971, earning a bachelor's degree in criminal justice, doing a little bit more training before finally completing a 32-week police internship at the police department in Roseville, California. Wow. That's that's an impressive little rap it's sheet. It's a lot there. of training. Yeah, no kidding. Joseph was a police officer from May 1973 to July 1979, working in Citrus Heights, Exeter, and Auburn, all cities in California. Ironically, working as a burglary unit police officer at one point in time. Okay. He was fired from the force after being arrested for shoplifting a hammer and dog repellent. Some reports said he liked the thrill of shoplifting. Others said he didn't want those particular items he was purchasing on record. That's um, that's a little bit of foreshadowing and sounding really dark right there. Mm-hmm. So now during his time as a police officer, Joseph was also the Visalia ransacker, an East Area rapist. I feel like that makes the crimes almost worse that he was like a police officer while he was doing like some real shit. He can have some real fucking sway in those cases too, even like potential with messing with evidence, for example, or persuading police to look in another direction. You know, those investigators on the case or something. Well, yeah, because this was one statement. It said... Well, for example, while investigating burglaries during the day, he was committing them at night. But then nothing that I ever read said that he was ever like on the cases that he had done. But I mean, there's high chance seems that he like was would have been. Yeah. So I don't know. But then he also knew it made him always like one step ahead of the police too, right? Oh, definitely. Like all that. Definitely. He had right? a major advantage. Oh, 100 percent. So from 1973 to 1976, as the Visalia ransacker, Joseph is believed to have been responsible for one murder and approximately 120 burglaries. Jesus. And sorry, this was by what time? This is in 1973 to 1976. 73 to 76. Okay. So that's all right. Almost 10 year period. No, three 1973 oh, to 1976. I, I was thinking 86, but yeah. okay, yeah, 73 to 76. Okay, so three years. Dang, okay. And I think that's, he was even at one point gone by a different name or whatever. And, I, and the, again, I said that there was just too many fucking names that I just left it at like the main ones. Um, So it could have even been, I think it was in like a 20 month or something period that he had actually committed those like 120 burglaries. Like it is a very short period of time. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm like going to do was, the math right now on that too. He was a busy boy. 365 times three divided by how many? How many? 120. 120. Um, oh, I'm, I'm, never mind. I did that math totally wrong. I'm minus. <laughs> I'm like, wait, that's not right. Divided by 120. Yeah. He was doing a burglary every 8.9 days. Yeah. So but just over every week. 
And I might say it later. I think I do say it later, but he would be um, like sometimes doing more than one a day. So Wow. Yeah. Okay, so the first recorded ransacking occurred on March 19th, 1974. So see, that said 1973, but then the first recorded one is 1974. So okay. that's why it's like he did that even in a shorter period of time. Yeah. So I believe... Oh, for fuck's sakes, I'm saying it right <laughs> here. It's like we're going off of my notes and then I'm just like, whatever. You got okay. ahead of your notes. I totally did because you took me there, I feel like. Okay, where the hell am I? Okay, so the break-ins were weird. They seemed very much so for pleasure as opposed to benefit from like stealing items of worth, for okay, example. Yeah. So the first ransacking on March 19th, he stole some of 50 bucks in coins from a piggy bank. Most of the break-ins involved rifling through or vandalizing the homeowner's possessions. For example, scattering women's underwear around. Like, okay, I'm sorry, but I don't think I could live my life the same after I came home to some person that had done that. That sounds like <laughs> like a fucking like frat kid's prank or something. I know. Like an adult actually getting off on something. Not physically getting <sighs> off, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like just getting pleasure out of it. But it, it sounds very childish. Like, that's what, like... It the, does, actually. The guys who are fresh into college, like, yeah, we're going to go on a panty raid. You know, that sort of, like, stupid shit. Yeah, but soon you'll find out how nasty this guy was. Ugh. So it's just like... And stealing low-value items while ignoring higher-value items that could even have been in plain sight. He would also do things like rearrange items in the house or steal just one earring from a set. Okay, that's slightly funny. <laughs> you, I think that's an <laughs> asshole. It is definite <laughs> asshole, but it's kind of funny. Yeah, like he's, he's really just playing with that. Yeah, that it's total mind game. It's not about 100%. the money or anything. It's just he's being doing an it asshole just to be a dick. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of funny. It's not funny, but it's kind of funny. You know what I mean? <sighs> okay, and then here I am, where I said there would be days he would have multiple ransackings. Yeah. One on one particular day, November 30th, 1974, there were 12 separate incidents. Holy shit. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry, but there's no way that someone could get that many done in a day. Like there's just no way. The Grinch could. <laughs> the yeah, he the could. Grinch stole an entire town's worth of shit. But I'm like, I'm not that productive. So how's this dude? But he had um like quite the MO. Okay. Including I have it listed here. Let's Climbing fences and moving through established routes such as parks, walkways, ditches, and trails. Attempting to pry open multiple points of entry, particularly windows. Leaving multiple points of escape open, especially windows as well as the house, garage, and garden doors. M moving or removing window screens and putting them on like the bed. Mm-hmm. Placing warning items such as dishes or bottles against doors and on door handles so that when someone was fucking yep. coming home, they he would hear right away, right? Yeah. I was like, that's like actually. Creating little alarm systems. Mm-hmm. And wearing gloves. Being a police officer who investigated burglaries, he would know how to get away with these sort of crimes. Fingerprints. Fingerprints. He knew. Mm -hmm. Now, just this time was DNA a major no, thing? No, but it fucks him over in the end, and I and love that's it. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> like he probably didn't worry about DNA, and no. then new technology caught up. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Awesome. He did commit one murder during this time on September 11th, 1975, and it was the murder of a man named Clyde Snelling. 
R.I.P. Clyde. I know. Interesting enough, Clyde had previously chased someone he had discovered under his daughter Bess' window on February 17th of that year. It didn't exactly say, but I believe that would have been Joseph, as you'll learn soon enough that he usually targeted his victims and would learn their ways. But on this particular night, Claude awoke in the middle of the night. It was like two in the morning or something, hearing strange noises. When he went to investigate, he discovered that his back door was open and a ski-masked individual, Joseph, was attempting to kidnap Beth. Joseph then shot Claude two times before fleeing the scene. Claude unfortunately died en route to the hospital. Dang. But I, I mean, can, can we, I don't know, this is your your thing here, but can we make Claude our badass of the day for saving well, his daughter? there was actually one video I watched of, I think it was Beth. And like, I don't remember it super well, but it's, she was kind of going on about like how she felt kind of guilty, right? Like, cause mm-hmm. was there something she could have done to like save her dad? Right? I don't think that's like, that's hers a lot on a kid. Right. Yeah. But then she had said like her mom said, like, if there was like 20 mass men out there, like he would have done the same thing. Like, and she didn't fully know like that there was nothing she could do until like she had kids herself. Mm-hmm. Cause like you would just do anything for your kids. Right. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my gosh, my heart. Like, that is freaking sad. But, yeah, he was like, it sounded like an amazing person. And he died saving his daughter, which is incredible. Can he be your badass of the day? Absolutely. Claude, you're a badass. Mm-hmm. Way to protect your daughter. Like, amazing. Just an amazing person. So after the escalation of murder, the police stepped up their game to catch Joseph, offering a reward and setting up nighttime stakeouts near houses he had previously targeted. The ransackings continued, but on December 12th, 1975, there was a very close call of catching him. A detective was on stakeout inside a garage where Joseph was known to frequent. And sure enough, oh my gosh, you want to take a break while you pour yourself some more champagne? I'm sorry, my glass is empty. (laughs) What? That's like an emergency situation type <laughs> emergency? thing. Emergency? I don't know. Yes. Okay. And sure enough, Joseph entered the backyard. The detective fired a warning shot at Joseph and it det- attempted to detain him. But Joseph was able to jump the fence when he himself fired a shot at the detective, just missing the detective's Ooh. face oh, and shattering God. his flashlight that he was probably holding right next to it. That scared the shit out of you. A nearby officer rushed to the detective's aid, which allowed for Joseph to escape. Fuck. But I'm just like, Brig. <laughs> I actually had some serious reactions researching this because I was getting pissed. I have a feeling that I'm going to get really angry on this episode because Joseph is already fucking pissing me off. Well, he's a douche canoe. He is a douche canoe, especially because like there's so many signs already, like just mm-hmm. the, the the single earring thing, for example. Oh, yeah. Just shows that he's just doing this just for fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, so 100%. Ugh, fuck this guy. Though the single earring thing is slightly funny. I'll admit it. It's kind of funny. No. But fuck you. Okay. 
if you just it's like that um that tiktok like if, if you're to break into someone's house and steal one thing or something that just slightly oh yeah you them. did that series i did i did yeah I like fucking millions of you views were like that. doing robber shit all over a house it was yeah alarming actually. so it's like steal steal like the aglets off the shoelaces or like the, the filling out of the oreo or something like that yeah just it's like just the to, labels off cans yeah that sort things, of shit yeah so it's kind of along those same lines it's just comedic actually doing it is fucking asshole and the fact that he's doing it and continuing and getting bigger and bigger with the things that he's doing just to be a fucking asshole oh just fuck this this is nothing really yet in my opinion because it gets way worse well okay but before we do like there's such a difference on people doing it because it's like that's their mindset and they want to they i don't know how to explain it but you're the way you grew up, you're you got this mindset of like, okay, you know, I need to kill animals, I need this outlet. He's just like, I just want to because it's funny. Like, you know, <laughs> well, like, I don't know. He might have had a need of sorts, right? He may have, but as far as mm-hmm. I can tell right now, it's a, it's just uh for shits and giggles, which makes yeah. it that much worse. Okay, so many articles that I read said there was a suspicion whoever they were looking for had served in the military. Or in law enforcement, because it always seemed like they were one step ahead, which we kind of had already talked about. Mm -hmm. And if only they had caught him at this particular time, because it goes massively downhill from here. Shit. Joseph moved to the Sacramento area. And from 1976 to 1979, his crimes would drastically escalate and he would become known as the East Area Rapist. Fuck. In this time span, he would rape at least 50 women and murder one couple. What? Like, and that's the ones that have reported it, right? There could be ones out there that probably didn't report it. Holy fuck. 50 women. Like, that's a lot. Fuck this guy. And that was, again, in a span of like three years. Like, that's a lot. Wow. In the night, Joseph would creep middle-class neighborhoods, looking through windows in search for women who lived alone in one-story homes, preferring homes to be around an open space that would allow for him to quickly escape. So, like, their house backing onto, like, a schoolyard or creek or trail or something, right? He would then go about learning his victims' daily routines, frequently phoning them sometimes months in advance and being a motherfucker creeper. Okay. This is one thing I have heard about this case. He was like seriously creepy with us. Wasn't he like breathing in the phone? Like, <sighs> yeah. And then what would he, he would do things like he would say, gonna kill you. Gonna kill you. Gonna kill you. Gonna kill you. Like, like shit. See, he's doing it just for shits and giggles <laughs> because he, that's what he likes. Yeah, like that. I just think I would just be done. Like, I think I would just be moving out of the country at that point. (laughs) Because I don't think if I got a phone call like that, that I'm not the type of person that could just get over that and move on with my life. Yeah, I'd be like, nope, bye, see ya. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just not happening. Okay. And when it was time for his attack, he would often break into their homes in preparation So to unlock windows, turn off porch lights, unload guns, and plant materials like shoelaces that he would use later to bind his victims. 
fuck. Like set in the scene so it's ready for him, which is just disgusting. So he'd do this like the night before he'd break into their home. Or that day or I don't even know. But at some point, which is ugh. Initially, Joseph was just targeting women. They would sometimes have children in the home with them, but a man wasn't present. But it's believed that as a direct result of media reports claiming that he only attacked women alone in their home, he decided to change his M.O. Because like you're Uh, saying, this is a game fun, right? Yep. And started to further challenge himself and move on to couples. Fuck. And like, oh my gosh, it's just terrifying. Okay. Like, I don't even want to talk about it. It's so terrifying. I don't even (laughs) want to talk about this. This guy's pissing me the fuck off. So he'd wake the sleeping couples by shining a flashlight in their face and threaten them with a handgun. Shit. One in one particular attack, he hid in a couple's closet, waited for them to fall asleep and then announced himself shining a flashlight in their face. And when the husband went to reach for the gun, he kept next to the bed. Joseph flashed the light on the bullets he was holding in his hand. He had already emptied the gun. Fuck. Could you imagine me in that situation? What I my my reaction would be? I don't know. Like I don't know. You don't. You think you just get get away? I think I would. <laughs> okay, because what's my history have been before on situations where shit wakes me up? And I know. Scares the shit You're out like of me. ready to rock and roll. I like in your underwear, just ready to go. I'm just like. <laughs> I don't even think about the consequences. I'm just up and I am running towards whatever the issue is yeah. before I even wake so up. So you might understand. actually even catch Joseph off guard. I might. And not because I'm trying to say like, I'm a badass and that's what I do, but because I'm just so fucking out of it. I'm just, I don't I didn't have a fucking aware for the risk or the hazard. Yeah. I had one time in a, an old house set an alar- our alarm off because I was going to work or you would and you were in graveyards or something. Yeah, I think we might have talked about this before. Actually. Oh, OK, maybe. But then just in short, like I'm like trying to turn it off. And then all of a sudden you were on the bottom of the stairs in your underwear, like ready to fuck someone up. I had like my fists in the air. Well, the <laughs> alarm was going off, woke me up. I just flew out of bed ready to fight someone who just broke in our home. It was more alarming for me than the alarm going <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was so confused. I was like ready to punch someone and you're standing there terrified. And I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Back to the story. If we can here. Holy shit. Let's do it. Okay. But like at that point you, I, okay. Maybe not you, but I feel like most people just know that you're like fucked. Oh yeah. You are fucked. I, I probably would have been shot is what would have happened Mm -hmm. if I got up and And I'd be massively fucked. Yeah. I would have been shot. So victims were then bound the female often made to tie up her loved one before she herself was bound, which I just hate so tightly, like bound so tightly that victims reported their hands being numb for hours after being untied. They were also generally gagged. I'm assuming to stop them from making much noise. Right. Yeah. And this part, Oh, as we didn't think it was also awful enough, but Joseph would separate the couples in the home generally leaving the man in the bedroom and bringing the woman out into the living room. And he'd stack dishes on the man's back. Yeah. Threatening to kill everyone in the home if he heard the slightest rattle of a dish. Like, I don't know. I just hate that. Yeah. There, <laughs> there's nothing it. you can do there. No. Like, really, you're just really in between a rock and a hard place. 100%. Yeah. Then, as I'm sure you assumed, he would rape the woman. Yeah. 
sometimes repeatedly while taking breaks in between to ransack the house, going through closets and drawers. And this motherfucker would cook himself food sometimes. What? Or have food, or sorry, or have a beer that he found in like the victim's kitchen. Fuck this and then guy. He, and then he would go back and like rape the woman again. It's a total pleasure thing. He's yeah. He's totally getting off in the control. It's disgusting. The fact that he can. He would be in the home for hours at a time. The victim's not always even knowing if he was left or if he was still there, right? Mm -hmm. If he had left or if he was still there. Like, what the fuck? As per usual, he'd steal very little, often objects and items of little value, but occasionally he would steal some cash and firearms. The murder he committed as the East Area Rapist was Brian and Katie... Meg Megior, I think they were walking their dog in the night of February 2nd, 1978, near an area that had just previously had five attacks occur. So I feel like almost like stay home. <laughs> That's scary. But they were just out for a stroll. There was a confrontation of, of sorts. I'm assuming they may have confronted Joseph, like caught him on the prowl or something, mm -hmm. right? Joseph then shot Brian and as Katie was fleeing and yelling for help, he shot her too. Fuck. Like, just brutal. After the murders of Brian and Katie um, and the last Contra Costa County rapes. That's like a, a mouthful. In Say that 10 times fast. I know. <laughs> in 1979, Joseph would move on yet again. Moving to Southern California, where his crimes escalated again. again. I think that's like the only way any of these guys get away with anything is if they they move around. Well, or the it's interesting how they just like escalate so much too. Like, are they they're getting bored? I guess, right? Yeah, or they're, something. They're trying to. Well, and they think they can get away with it, so they're like, let's see how much I can get away oh, with. You know, God. so it becomes this bigger game of what else can I do? Yeah. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, okay, so he, where were we? He moved to Southern California and he would become known now as the Night Stalker. And then the original Night Stalker, because another serial killer in the area committing similar crimes as Joseph would have the Night Stalker name. So he got the original Night Stalker name. Was it a copycat or? No, I don't think so. His name was Richard Ramirez, I think is okay. what it was. Just ended up being similar but, situation. Yeah. And then, but um, Joseph, I think he got the original because he had, his crimes had started before gotcha. this Richard guy. But I'm like, wow, you're competing for those kind of names. Like, that's super Real cool. fucking winners. <laughs> so Joseph's reign of terror as the original Night Stalker would last from 1979 to 1986, with him being most active between 1979 and 1981, but returning with one final debut in 1986. Okay. Other than murdering people... um. Okay, so I said that his crimes escalated, and really all that could, they could do to escalate is he was murdering his victims now. Yeah. But before I get into that, I wanted to talk about the speculation why his attacks were so sparse or why he might have stopped altogether. 
And well, that's because he had a family. Right. I heard about this. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Wasn't it around? This ass wipe got to have a family. Oh, fuck him. But um, it was around the times of him having kids or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, I just don't think that he should have had the opportunity to have a family, but no, that's just me. Okay. So in 1970, Joseph was actually engaged to a woman named Bonnie. This isn't overly important because she dodged the bullet and broke things off with him in 1971. But I wanted to throw it in there because during at least one of the rapes, it was reported that Joseph would re- re- repeatedly say, I hate you, Bonnie. Really? Which is like disturbing. What the fuck? Yeah. So, I mean, she left him. There was even other articles that I read that he even like threatened to murder her to get him get her to marry him and stuff so like she like super what? dodged a bullet no kidding but I, I just there's so much psychology behind that i hate you bonnie like what so yeah there was obviously some resentment there wow but in november of 1973 he married he married sharon marie hoodle she apparently didn't get so lucky by learning his true colors they purchased a house in citrus heights which is in California, in the year of 1980. Little side note, this house is where he was actually arrested okay. in 2018, living with his daughter and granddaughter. He carried on till 2018? It's a little bit of foreshadowing there. Holy shit, I didn't realize it was that like little time ago that he was arrested. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So Joseph and Sharon had three daughters before they separated in 1991. So Joseph's first attack as the original Night Stalker, was on a Monday, October 1st, 1979. It was in the Santa Barbara County, and thankfully this couple survived. Breaking in, Joseph got to the point where he was able to tie up the couple, but after hearing him say to himself, I'll kill him, the couple tried to escape when he left the room with the woman screaming. Realizing he basically fucked up and the neighbors could have been alerted joseph fled the scene one of their neighbors was apparently an fbi fbi agent who did respond to the noise and went after joseph but he was ultimately able to get away fuck but geez i'd want an fbi by fbi agent as my neighbor hey that's like kidding that's the kind of neighbor you'd want if you're gonna go buy a new house or get a new apartment or something Find a place with an <laughs> FBI neighbor. Like that's that should that be is, on the list that you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, tell your realtor that. Yeah, is talk like, to your realtor. That's you know, up there. The, the, the what's the the building manager for apartments and mm-hmm. stuff. Talk around. Be like, so, do you know of any uh, FBI agents in the area or anything that we can uh, like move in next door to or something? Because a lot of people, I think, like in this case, I don't know if I've gotten there yet, but they hear the gunshot and they like won't even do anything. But at least you'd know the FBI agent would be like, he'd be like you, like out the door. (laughs) Probably before you can even react. Right? So I think that'd be an awesome neighbor. His shoe prints, so Joseph's shoe prints and twine used to bind the couple was later linked to his next attack. Which brings us to the next attack, which took place on December 30th. 44-year-old Robert Offerman and 35-year-old Deborah Manning. Why do you have a... Sorry, it just Robert Offerman. As soon as you said that name, it just brought Nick Offerman into mind. <laughs> the actor. So they were found dead, shot dead in Ro- Robert's condominium. Neighbors had heard gunshots 
and Robert's bindings were untied, indicating that he had lunge at Joseph. But unfortunately, the couple did not survive Fuck. their injuries. Now, to move on to the following year, 1980, there would be four more vic victims, two couples. On March 13th, 33-year-old Charlene Smith and 43-year-old Lyman Smith were found murdered in their home. Their wrists and ankles had been bound with drapery cord and Charlene had been raped. The couple was then bludgeoned to death with a log from their outside wood pile. Fucking brutal. Like that's just like a brutal, disgusting way to die. No kidding. Jeez. Like gross. The guy's such a dick. Yeah, he's awful. So next on August 19th would be 24-year-old Keith Harrington and 27-year-old Patrice Harrington. This couple were newlyweds. They had just been married three months prior to their attack. Fuck. Which is, I don't know, not that that makes it worse, but it's like they're just starting like their marriage. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, there's there's always... They still should be celebrating, really. Yeah, there's substances to any circumstance. Like if, for example, someone's like house burns down. Okay, yeah, that's terrible. But if your house burns down on Christmas, like it's just it's that worse. it's that extra salt in the wound. Yeah, you know? it totally is. So they lived in a gated community. Keith was a medical student and Patrice was a nurse. Patrice had been raped and they had both been bound, but no murder weapon from their bludgeoning. I have trouble saying that bludgeoning, bludgeoning. had been found at the scene. Keith's brother, however, Bruce, was actually quite well off and would later spend nearly $2 million supporting a California proposition authorizing DNA collection from all California felons and certain other criminals. Shit. So this is where it starts taking them down, I'm assuming? I'm not actually 100% certain if like how much Bruce had to help with this situation because this is yeah. that particular thing was like as soon as you're basically a felon that they can collect your dni to put in their database okay i see is sort of what his money was going to but i obviously clearly he was like really involved right and so i think he could have been helpful to this well i mean later on when they had joseph's dna it could have helped them rule out some suspects yeah so that's good and totally narrow it down sort of thing totally yeah Okay, so the following year, 1981, Joseph's next victim would be Manuela Whithume, who was married, but her husband was not home at the time. Some reports, not all, said that he was actually, like, hospitalized at the time. So that's, like, real shitty there, too. She was again raped and murdered. And that's that. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't understand why he's just started murdering all these people but it has to be because he's was just like getting bored and what else can i do and blah, yeah blah, blah, it's blah. just taking the next step mm -hmm. and then on july 27th 35 year old sherry domingo and 27 year old gregory shantez would be joseph's last married couple married Mar or murdered couple murdered? okay and last couple. So last couple that was murdered. Okay, good. <laughs> but not the last victim, dude. Well, 
Yeah, that's kind of why I asked Mary. Like, is he gonna murder like other people? Just yeah, there's only but- one more after this, so we're we're getting we're getting close here. So they were attacked in Cherry's residence, blocks away from Robert Offerman's condominium. Actually, Joseph entered the home through a small bathroom window. Gregory had not been tied up, so it's believed that he may have realized who he was dealing with from like the Offerman Manning murders, like he might've seen it in the, the news, right? Yeah. And fought back, but he was shot and bl- bludgeoned to death with a garden tool. Fuck. No neighbors apparently responded to the gunshot. Sherry was raped and also bludgeoned. Joseph would take <sighs> basically <laughs> a five year break before he struck again. On May 4th, 1986, his last and final victim that is known. That is known. Really? Because I feel like when there's this amount of victims, like oh, yeah. there has to be some that are not known. Oh, definitely. Really? I mean, even if you get caught, no one is ever telling their, their full mm-hmm. victim list. No. There's, some people are like ready and amped to brag. But they're not telling everything. Like even if you're caught as a kid and like your parents are asking you and you have to divulge what you did, like you leave shit out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think in this you leave shit out. You leave yeah. victims out. Yeah, I punched him in the face, but like I barely tapped him. Like, yeah, really like he wasn't wound a up in like big old haymaker. <laughs> OK, so this last victim would be Janelle Lisa Cruz. She was only 18 years old. And that's actually just a side note that I never even put in here. Like some of the people that he raped were ki- were kids, like as young as 13. Of course. Why? So, and I had never put that in there earlier and I should have. But yeah, the, some of the victims were young. I don't think we've covered a rapist yet that hasn't raped a minor. I know, which is just. Disgusting. It's, Absolutely fucking it's, disgusting. It's so gross. Like it's just beyond. I can't even imagine like, ugh. Okay. So she was raped. And and found bludgeoned to death by what they believed he used was a pipe wrench when and her family was away vacationing in Mexico. Brutal. So like she probably really wishes she, well, she should have gone to Mexico because <laughs> just that age I could see maybe I'm not going away on family vacation. I'm staying home. There could have been other reasons why she was. But home, to right? Mexico, I'm sure an 18 year old would want to go to. Not Mexico. necessarily. It's still a family vacation. Sometimes some teenagers think those suck, right? I don't know. I'd be all over fucking Mexico. My parents are like, we're going to Mexico. Do you want to come at me? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'm yeah. coming to Mexico. <laughs> you ain't leaving me behind. No way. No. Okay, so do you want to know how this mofo gets caught? Yes, I fucking do. <laughs> I want him to get caught already. Because, so his last is 1986 was the last known thing. He didn't get caught until 2018. Yeah, that's a time span and a fucking So this half. dude got to live for over like 30 years as a free motherfucker man. Probably thinking he's going to get get away with it and no Probably. Oh, know. I bet you he was almost guaranteed he'd get away with this at yeah. that point, like 30 years, Oh, right? fuck yeah. So Joseph would become the first public arrest obtained through genetic genealogy. Oh, shit. Really? I was like, what the fuck's that? (laughs) So it's a newish technology that takes the DNA of an unknown suspect left behind at a crime scene and identifies them by tracing a family tree, a family tree through their family members who have voluntarily submitted their DNA to public genealogy databases. Yep. 
which I was like, hmm, that's interesting. So it's like 23andMe, Ancestry, DNA. Like I'm yep. sure you've heard of some of them, right? Yep. And I'm sure a lot of those things, it's like you don't even realize you're actually giving your DNA to public sources like this because you're probably signing off on the paper. Oh, yeah, because lots of people don't read all that. Yeah, so you're probably just signing off just to like, oh, I'm going to see if I'm like Norwegian, German, mm-hmm. fucking whatever. And here it's like in this fine print, you're giving your DNA for like investigative databases and shit. But technically the norm, the normal, the main source of people wouldn't have to worry about that coming back to bite them in the ass. Oh yeah, no, totally. Right. But that, so. that actually brings up a question. I just realized, I wonder if those types of websites and stuff are at least funded, but potentially run by um, like police sources or government sources mm-hmm. like that. I don't think so because I think some – there were some people that had problems with using them as a way to find these bad people, right? So, mm-hmm. and they had, but I mean, I think it's perfectly fine. Like, I think oh, that's yeah. fine. Totally. But yeah, I, I mean, who knows? Maybe way back in the back end that no one really knows they are funding them in some way, hey? I'm sure there's got to be some well, sort of connection. That yeah, way. I have a number here of how many soon, like, they've helped Yeah. so far, so a lot. So... So to, to identify Joseph in particular, investigators narrowed the family tree search based on age, location, and other characteristics. Once investigators were able to zero on, on Joseph himself, they watched him and collected his DNA from a discarded tissue left in the trash. Boom, like this awesome. motherfucker's done. Yes. Don't blow your nose. Don't blow your and nose. And throw it in the trash. That's the moral of the story like, today. done. Don't blow your motherfucking <laughs> nose. Jesus. So investigators plugged the, the DNA from the tissue into the genealogy database and found a match linking Joseph's DNA to DNA found at crime scenes. Boom. Joseph, you're done. You shouldn't have blown your nose. Which caused his arrest in April of 2018. Yes. It's motherfucker. Like, yes. Like, it's just, I bet, oh my gosh, like no one probably expected this. It's like the best thing ever, really. So once Joseph was taken into custody, he said to himself in an interview room, I did all those things. I destroyed all those lives. He said to himself? Yeah, he was like in an interview room. So he's one of those idiots, most likely. I mean, I don't think you have the fact on it, but one of those idiots, most likely, who thought he was alone in an interview room not being recorded and spoke to himself possibly fuck but so yeah he's basically but he's an old man too at this point like oh, he's yeah. in his 70s like but, what's he gonna do oh yeah i know that i but, don't know however there's a lot of cases i've looked into even stuff that we haven't discussed in this podcast yet there's a lot of cases out there where people say shit because they don't think they're being recorded in an interrogation room Bitch, you're always being recorded in an interrogation yeah, room. It's you really an interrogation are. room. Oh, and I never stuck it in here. And I hope I can remember it correctly. But there was something about he said he had like this other like the, I think it was he named him like Jerry, like almost this person telling him what to do that he couldn't like control. But I don't know. That seems that, like a scapegoat It does seem kind of like made up. At that point in the in, in the room, he could have just been like done, like really. Do you really think Jerry's gonna say, "Hey, Joseph, break into that old lady's house and steal one earring"? <laughs> like what? No, no, he came up with the shit on his own, right? 
Okay, so a cool side note is since Joseph's arrest, because he was like the first, over 150 suspects have been identified through genetic genealogy. And that that article that I had read, too, was in like late 2020. So I'm sure there's even more now. Oh, definitely. Like, that's freaking awesome. Okay, so a few crummy things. Joseph did plead guilty and will obviously be spending the rest of his life in prison, which is good. Mm -hmm. But he won't be facing the death penalty because he took a plea deal, which required him to admit to multiple uncharged acts, including his rapes. Now, the rapes were uncharged acts and the burglaries, too, because... With California's statute of limitations. Oh, fuck, of course. I guess enough time had passed from yep. the incidents that he could no longer be charged for them. So he basically went unpunished for them. Which I actually don't agree with at all. Like, no, I don't. That doesn't don't. make any sense. It doesn't. If you did the crime, you serve the time. Yeah, like who cares when the fuck yeah. it was? I can understand some plea deals, like um, for minor offenses, maybe. Oh, so well, oh, sorry, we had different ways. <laughs> yeah, we totally did. I can understand plea deals where it's like, okay, we've got you for these couple murders Mm -hmm. if you tell us where the bodies of the rest of the people are you won't get charged for those ones if you admit to them because we can't tie you to them yeah if you fess up help us find the bodies you're not charged for those you're just charged for the three and now you're making a deal you're bartering i can understand that because you can't charge him for it the only way you're going to know is if he fesses up and helps you anyways well the plea though was he he i think he went and he divulged like a lot of information about the rapes and stuff yeah so right so you're getting that information which which is beneficial however i'm not saying that it's okay for someone to get away with that shit but at least at least it's just a silver lining at least you're getting to know information you wouldn't yeah. have known before and he he did get charged for each of the murders and they were all their own sentencing so but i mean like gosh he could have just got charged for one he's seven years old he's gonna be in jail forever right yeah. but sometimes it's also helpful for the families knowing that oh yeah someone Closure. gets charged for yes for the acts right so in august of 2020 rape survivors their relatives and the relatives of those he had killed got the opportunity to confront joseph in court they shared stories of fear grief and their resilience moving forward with their life but how they are now confronted knowing that joseph is finally going to prison and will remain there until the day he dies which is awesome on august 21st 2020 joseph was officially sentenced to life in prison with the chance of parole i didn't love this he was given the opportunity to address his victims which i don't particularly agree agree with because in my opinion when he, what he said was stupid, but like also he couldn't have said anything that would remotely make anyone feel better anyway. But I think it'd been nice for them to basically say their piece without having to hear a reply. I think personally. Fair enough. I, th- I think if, if you are going to hear a reply, I think it should be up to the discretion of the family to approve or disapprove of them speaking in court. Well, yeah. Cause here I want to say what he said. He says, fuck all. Like, he's just like a little fucker. Like, I don't like him at all. And I don't think he should got a chance to talk. <laughs> so rising from his wheelchair, which I'll note one thing about in a minute, and removing his face max, mask, he said, I've listened to all your statements, each one of them, and I'm truly sorry to everyone I have hurt. Thank you, your honor. 
Like, what a douche. Like, that's nothing. I mean... I feel like that'd make me worse. Like, shut the hell up. Let me say my piece without hearing yeah, a word back from you. He at least said he's sorry, but that's like a when you talk to a little kid, say you're sorry. I'm sorry. Like, it's like, like you mean it. Mm-hmm. Like... Okay, so this, regarding the wheelchair, this man was in his 70s. It's old, but like not ancient. Yeah. Right? He was playing everyone again because when he rolled into the courtroom in his wheelchair, it looks more like he was 100 years old and made people almost question if he could even go through these court hearings. But then they had footage of him in his jail cell where he's doing some exercising. At one point, he's like crawling up on his bed and then crawling over to the sink so that he can put some shit on top of the lights to like dim his prison cell. So like 100% playing everyone. Because when oh, he, he gets wheeled in, this motherfucker wheelchair looks just like old as sin. And you think, holy heck. That but then in his jail says he's a completely different That person. could have been his defense attorney though too, right? That could Ugh. have been their, their strategy. Well, that, that guy I don't like either. Oh yeah, no kidding. Don't don't get me wrong here. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but you t- you you went over some information that you told me about this case. I'm waiting for you to say it, and you haven't said it yet. Oh really? Yeah. Did I miss something about the women getting together, um, uh, and like survivors of his rape and talking about him and how he's got a, a micro dick. Oh shit! He's got a little itty bitty teeny <laughs> tiny micro. I didn't actually. Okay. The main source I used that it wasn't in there, but yeah, that was something that was was said a couple times that the victims almost had comfort because this guy's dick is real small, like micro small. He's got a micro penis. So, oh my gosh, I was like, what on earth could I have told you that I missed? But yeah, that was actually yeah. information I thought you would enjoy. Yeah, it wasn't a, a big oh. piece of information you missed. It was a really small piece of information. <laughs> so I could see you skipping past that quite easily, not realizing. Yeah, I didn't even see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now, as always, this is only an hour or so long podcast. So if you did want to dive in a little bit deeper, there's a book written by um, Michelle McInerma or something titled I'll Be Gone in the Dark, One Woman's Obsessive Search for the Golden State Killer. And I think it was actually Michelle that was behind this Golden State Killer name, too. Oh, really? Yeah. And there's also an HBO documentary series also titled I'll Be Gone in the Dark. So you could like really dive in deeper. I actually this is one case I probably would want to read that book because there is it's there's a lot. It's a lot to it. Well, then read it. I know. I want to start reading more. I really hope this Joseph um, when he's in prison gets laughed at in the the showers for his micro penis. (laughs) That's your hope for That's him? That's my hope, that everyone just laughs. Well, I feel dick. like that he's probably not in any area where there's other prisoners because this guy would get killed with yeah. what he's done, right? Yeah, for the minors and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. the rapes and everything. Mm-hmm. So I can't see him ever being in another area with another person or something bad would happen. Or some would say it's bad. Some would. Others might not think it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how long he lasts in there. But yeah, it's like really new. This was it's because I mean, even in 2020, just last year is when he was like officially sentenced. Right. So like a year ago. Wow. I didn't realize it was that new. Mm -hmm. Holy crap. Well, it's not new really at all, but it's just new. Yeah. 
that he's gotten caught. Yeah. Okay. So good wow. job to like investigators for keep going, right? And no like, kidding. For them to keep searching for these motherfuckers. Cause look, like you eventually can find them. And if you want to maybe do your part, maybe, uh, you know, give your DNA to ancestry.com or something. Not that we're plugging them. I don't know. I just, this, this is not an ad by any means or sponsorship deal. No, just maybe you might be helping out. Uh, yeah, but they might need that because this sort of shit probably made it so that they got less people submitting. Maybe. You know? So. But I mean, if you got nothing to hide, go for it. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, that is the case of the Golden State Killer. And his tiny dick. And his micro penis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, I'll be posting some shit on Instagram. Yeah. Check out our links down below. We got the Instagram. We got the Facebook. We got the Patreon where you can get the exclusive access to things like, I don't know, maybe just some episodes that we don't release to the public. Mm -hmm. Only release to patrons. There you go. Links are all down below, including our website and merch. We appreciate you guys. You're absolutely amazing. Thank you for listening. And of course, stay wicked. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.